2: Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy by the Takshashila Institution. I'm your host for today, Carl Jason. I'm a Program Development Manager at the institution. And today, I've got with me Malti Renati, who is the head of the policy school. But for the purpose of this episode, Malti is definitely the right person we need to speak to in light of our incredible achievement at the Asian Games. Uh, Malti has actually played the university and national level for Karnataka in hockey, baseball, and softball. So in this conversation with Malti, what we will do is we will take uh, you listeners through the governance and sports policy frameworks uh, that are currently in place in India and how some of the governmental schemes uh, and initiatives have helped in uh, improving our medal count uh, as far as you know, the recently concluded Asia Games were concerned. Uh, we'll also talk about the success factors that led to uh, an incredible showing uh, at the Games. Um, so, thanks, Malti, uh, for joining me today on this conversation. Yeah,
0: thank you, Carl. Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, uh, no, it's always uh, nice to chat with you about sports. Um, also, um, we have the, the Cricket World Cup uh, that's that's yeah, scheduled. That's going uh, on. That that is yeah that is underway. So uh, yeah, we have lots to talk about, I'm sure, <laughs> in the coming weeks. Uh, so why don't we get started um, in this particular conversation on how has sports been a very major part of uh, a social and cultural sphere, right, in, in somebody's life. So how do we inculcate sports um, in daily life um, and what are the benefits that somebody can reap from it? So if you could just maybe we can take a step back and uh, have a look at uh, what are the benefits of sports in yeah. general?
0: I think uh, the benefits of sports is uh, multifold. Um, you need to keep in mind that sport is, is actually a life skill. Uh, when I look back, also, and I think of the days when I uh, used to play actively, uh, it could be starting off with uh, a practice at five o'clock in the morning, and then ens- then go- going to uh, school, uh, ensuring that you know you see through the, the the school schedule, and then in the evening there's practice again. So you know it's helped me uh, tremendously in in terms of discipline, in terms of time management, in terms of how I can uh, you know in, even in in, in teamwork. You know, how we can motivate one another to kind of achieve a common goal. So uh, these are uh, skills, life skills that I'm sure any sports person uh, out there will, uh, can kind of relate to. But uh, by and large, the benefits of, benefits of sports are, uh, are many. First thing that comes to the mind of many people is uh, fitness and health, right? That's very obvious. But uh, the, the life skills that I mentioned is the second, the economic opportunities that one can get. So when you, when you see, let's say, an IPL being organized over a three-month period, uh, there's this eco sports ecosystem that's, uh, you know, kind of uh, organically just sprouts around that particular city where it's being mm. organized. Uh, everything from you know a merchandise that's being sold, or the ticket sales, or even uh, the other uh, smaller uh, kind of uh, ecosystems that are, are formed. Even sports equipment is being uh, is, is sold, and there's much more of it. So uh, the opportunities, people that who get uh, many jobs during that time to support uh, the uh, franchise. So uh, we need to keep in mind that this is just uh, the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we've seen in terms of benefit that an IPL can do, and if that can be extended. Uh, Of course, that's that's a a different discussion altogether. But economic opportunities are many job opportunities can be created, career uh, in sports can be uh, enhanced, which means that the education system could kind of accommodate this. Um, And we should not forget even the soft power and diplomacy that comes with sports, right? Many times we've seen when uh, there's been heated uh, thing between India and Pakistan, it's been cricket that has maybe come uh, and been the Mm -hmm. saving grace, right? So I think we need to keep that in mind. And of course, uh, the most important for for many of us who are uh, egging India on, whether it's in a cricket match or whether it's at the Asiad, when we saw many of them take the podium is the national and the state pride that comes with it. When we have athletes representing the country, when we see the national anthem being played or when they're stepping up onto the podium, um, yeah, I think that there's this goosebump kind of moment, right, that we all go through. So I think the benefits of sports are are many and we we should uh, start to kind of bring that to the forefront in our country now. I think we're ready for that.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I I think um, sports is, is also a great leveler. Um, in society for um, it's also an antidote to a lot of the issues uh, that that plagues uh, you know our society be it in terms of how we interact with each other uh, mm-hmm. with our fellow citizens so sports is a great medium uh, for us to be able to um, increase the the fraternity right. uh, that that we uh, that we so hold dearly uh, as far as our country is concerned I know that you uh, you've been a sports person and um while we all love to watch the sports, we love to watch uh, our athletes, you know, win medals. Um, there is an underbelly to this, which is, is not always uh, for, you know, very, um, it's not very savory, right? Uh, to say the least. Right. So um, what has been your experience with sports bodies uh, in India, right? And you've been in sports, uh, which I'm, I'm going to call them non-cricket sports. So with the assumption being that support is uh, f- a few and far between. Um, so if you could maybe share your experience of having uh, been a sports person, um, uh, how is the support system like uh, as far as sports bodies are concerned, the government is concerned, and we will touch upon some of the schemes that have been introduced recently mm-hmm. uh, that have helped uh, give an uplift to uh, some of these sports. Um, so, yeah, a little bit on that.
0: Right. So, for for, for me to just uh, get into this, right, I'll just give you a, a quick um, timeline of how the sports policy has evolved in India. Sure. Okay. From our independence in 1947, right? we had the first Asian Games that was uh, at New Delhi in 1951. Uh, but it was only in 1954 that the All-India Council of Sports was actually formed. So there's no sports body per se, even before uh, the, the first Ashiad uh, was, was hosted in, um, in, in India. And it took more than 28 years after 1954 for the, uh, the next Asian Games to be hosted in India, again in New Delhi because infrastructure was there. And it was only then that the the Ministry of uh, Youth Affairs and Sports was actually formed. So imagine between 1947 Mm. and 1982, nothing was done... Uh, substantially for sports Mm. but we know also know that many hockey medals were won at the Asia Mm. we were dominating it you know uh, during that period so a lot of things have happened uh, and we've been lucky uh, that uh, some athletes have you know uh, um, made a mark even in the international scene but there's not much that the government played a role Mm. and it's not like the government has to play a role but I'm just highlighting the fact that nothing was done for sports up till 1982. Again, it was um, only much later, 1984, that the first sports policy came into being. And that's when the SAI, or the Sports Authority of India, was actually institutionalized, you Mm. know, in 1984. And uh, SAI, as you know, is kind of uh, a household name for those in sports. And they have regional shelters all over uh, India. Uh, But again, between 84 and 2001, when there's a 17-year gap, and that... uh, and this national sports policy was updated only after that so in 2001 when it was updated there was a focus then on mass participation Mm. uh, and elite sports excellence so that is when uh, you know the government also started saying okay let's start looking at how we can ensure that uh, certain sports are uh, provided for and there's some there's some kind of government intervention and help being given Uh, and so so um, the reason I'm just mentioning all of this is not the success that we see now in the Asiad was not something that happened overnight mm. there were certain things that were put in place many decades ago and uh, though it is it was not the finest of uh, frameworks or uh, uh, you know, uh, models that we had, of the, mm-hmm. of, of what the government envisioned. We have seen some success along the way because of that. Okay, which means that we know that there's, a, there's, though there's a long way to go. We are there's, there's a lot of things that if we just iron out the kings, especially on the governance side, if we kind of bring in uh, much, a uh, lot of lots of checks and balances, and we leave the politicians out of this, for example, uh, we we will see a, a sudden spike in the way uh, our sports uh, is, you know, uh, our sports or our athletes are performing um, internationally as well okay so uh, all this happened and, and i mean I, I would say most of uh, the interventions happened between 2011 and now so 2011 is when the national sports development code was uh, was brought into place and then that's when all the things like active lifestyle youth development employment opportunities all of these started being actually put as part of the charter. Mm. Earlier, it might have been just been sports uh, very broadly, but here very specific uh, goals or objectives are being put into the charter. Mm. And in 2014, when the uh, national youth policy came into effect is when the TOPS or the Target Olympic Podium Scheme, TOPS as an acronym, was introduced back in 2014. Mm. And uh, uh, in the TOPS, what happens is that uh, there are elite athletes. Elite, again, the definition of elite here is are those who are representing the country, playing at their highest level. Mm. Um, so, uh, these athletes are identified and then they're funded for, uh, all their needs are taken care of. And they're also kind of given for, uh, opportunities to, to travel abroad, uh, have access to specialists. So, um, very few athletes were identified to be part of the, the target Olympic podium scheme back in 2014. Um, and, and those athletes you'll see are the ones who have kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, achieved, um, a lot in the international scene as well. So, uh, and in 2017, the Kalo India scheme came into being. I'll talk a little bit about that a little later. Mm. And then in 2019 was more the the Fit India movement. You would have heard the Prime Minister himself has has been part of Mm. many of those uh, narratives. Uh, And then uh, the National Centre of Excellence sort of started um, developing. And the National Mm. Centre of Excellence is where the research happens, where uh, there is a whole ecosystem around every athlete's, Uh, performance and how they can kind of uh, improve their their, their benchmarks that Mm -hmm. they have put in place uh, so that they can, uh, you know, really um, apply themselves at an international level and they're familiar with that sort of environment. So Mm -hmm. now we, we, earlier it used to be just Patiala, which had the National Centre of Excellence. Now we have it also in Bangalore. And um, there's another one, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in Mm -hmm. uh, Lucknow. Okay. So that's sort of been the journey of where we are. And uh, finally, I'd just like to just mention here mm. that uh, we have the the Minister uh, Ministry of Youth Affairs and Sports. So when you look at uh, the national level, that's that's the ministry. Mm. And then you have all the SAI, um, which is the Sports Authority of India, mm. which have regional centres. And then every sport has to have a National Sport Federation (NSF). Yeah. So any sport, be it cricket, be it wrestling, be it. Uh, Wushu or any or any sport which is an Olympic or non-Olympic sport, mm. has to have a national sports federation associated with it. So okay. this is the body that will essentially have their elections mm. uh, which will kind of uh, devote their time for that particular sport. And they also the NSFs have to have um, a certain code of conduct and certain uh, guidelines and rules in place so that they can also be tagged to the international sports federation for their for their sport. Mm. So let's say you have a, a wrestling, uh, international Wrestling Federation, then the National Sport Federation for Wrestling has to be then uh, associated with the international so that ah. any uh, uh, you know rules and regulations that have to be followed at the international level is then passed down also and followed at that level. I
2: think FIFA also would exactly. be an yeah.
0: Which is why you recently we had uh, a fallout where the Indian hmm. uh, football team was not allowed to play because they did not have the... Uh, did not follow the the sure. guidelines the with respect yeah. to the elections, which mm. has to happen at a certain frequency yeah. time. But it was the, our, our Indian uh, Football Association was not conducting it at the time, mm. Uh, mm. Uh, that frequency. So they were not allowed to play those sports. So it's very important that tie-up happens so that our players can then represent at the international level also. Yeah. Okay. So this is by and large how the structure is mm. currently.
2: No, oh, this is uh, quite fascinating. And... Uh, I would strongly urge uh, people to um, you know just check out you know some of the show notes that we'll be putting out for this episode uh, which will link to uh, some of the data that Malti just spoke about okay so what we'll do is we'll take a quick break uh, and we'll be back um, yeah and resume the conversation
1: stay tuned to all things policy we'll be right back after a short commercial break
2: Uh, We are back uh, with this conversation. So I'm speaking with Malti on uh, our sports policies and frameworks uh, in the country. Um, So let's come to, uh, you know, why we're having this conversation. That's really, you know, our, as I said earlier in the conversation, our incredible showing at the Asia Games where, um, you know, we've bagged 107 medals, um, no small feat, um, our previous best was at 2018 Jakarta, uh, where uh, we finished with 70 medals uh, yes. with 16 goals. Uh, so this has gone up to 35 goals. So that's always a good sign. Uh, so what we'll do in the next part of this conversation is really highlight the success factors, right? And um, and of course, there would be uh, seen and unseen sort of factors uh, here at play. Uh, but we're going to focus on five uh, key factors that we believe... Yes. Um, you know uh, led to this sort of uh, performance uh, by by the indian contingent um, so malati you want to just maybe get us started on uh, what are those success factors uh, and then maybe we can share some interesting uh, case studies uh, that we've come across from our research so
0: yeah, over to you. yeah thanks Kar. so yeah i think uh, the the first one i would consider would be the funding right unless we spend big We won't win big because much of the um, infrastructure we have is sort of lacking uh, with respect to uh, the international standards. And um, though certain like, you know, SAI and other, the, the National Center of Excellence, they might be having those. We need much more of it to kind of be able for our athletes to be able to perform at the highest level. Uh, and compete at the highest level so i think there's a lot of money that had been put into and funding that has uh, that has happened and this comes predominantly uh, from the government it would be more from the national sports development fund uh, and the, the national sports development fund is uh, mainly from the public sector uh, psus and the the public sector banks but however uh, in 2013 the private sector companies they could they could also contribute as part of the csr hmm. and this has kind of helped uh, tremendously from uh, with respect to the csr funding that has come in
2: yeah actually on that um, uh, one of the sort of case studies here that i came across was uh, the archery uh, right and uh, and it's one of the sports that we ended up with a huge medal tally um, and interestingly the government actually spent 24 crores uh, between 2022 23 right so this this would be a financial year uh, 22 23 uh, and this also uh, became possible because of a tie- up with NTPC. So as you said that right. the public sector is front and center in a lot of these uh, you know funding schemes so in it was a deal that was worth almost you know 115 crores uh, over a period of five years uh, and with an additional 15 crore for a one-time support uh, you know to build up the infrastructure so um, so archery has benefited. Uh, very clearly from, you know, very focused sort of approach by the government. uh, As I said, around 24 crores just to um, uh, get this, get that sports infrastructure uh, in place. Um, We've also been able to hire some of the best coaches. So some South South Korea and Italy, uh, neuroscience experts from the US. uh, You know, the coaches have been exposed to international seminars. um, And uh, yeah, we've also spent about uh, three crores uh, is what has been reported on national camps, you know, where psychologists, nutritionists uh, have been employed with uh, also video analysis software because right. that's that's really the key. You know, you need to sort of track performance and see where the improvements and caps are. So, mm-hmm. as you said, yeah, the funding has been a major reason why uh, I think um, India overall, but especially a sport like archery has, has done really well.
0: Yeah. And shooting is another one which actually fetched as many goals. I uh, think 20. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, twenty yeah, uh, shooting was uh, let's see, around twenty two medals mm. we fetched the most from that uh, for I mean, which was the second after athletics. Yeah. So in fact, just to give another, just to add to that, uh, many of the athletes who participated in the Asiad uh, they were, uh, for example, uh, people like. Um, uh, Avinash Sable for the mm. 3,000 meter steeplechase that she won the gold for. And uh, even Parul Chaudhary who was a silver medalist for the women's steeplechase. But she also won the gold in the 5,000 meters. Both of them along with many of the other middle and long distance runners uh, benefited from an extended period of expert training at the Colorado Springs in the US. Mm. And this was uh, the run up to the Asia. So they spent a lot of time uh, you know, in such kind of w- where there's infrastructure, where there's there are, there are facilities, where they have coaches, experts, who can help them, you know, uh, push themselves and uh, and reach those, you know, those the marks that would not have been possible had they been you know, training with our facility. So I think that's important, and and they couldn't have done it if they did not have the funds, mm. right, and the backing. So um, and that's the the other important thing is that the private sponsorships that we're seeing off late. You see that in Odisha as well with JSW. Uh, and the Tatars and Reliance also recently just this morning uh, I read in the papers that they've uh, they've tied up now of, of, in Mumbai where the Reliance sports would be kind of helping improve on the facilities uh, for Olympics for the for, for athletes training for the Olympics so all, all these are good signs you know when when we see success happening um, you know at, at, at such a large scale mm-hmm. and then you suddenly have the, this movement that is happening where people are more interested which means that the the markets can then kind of um, mm-hmm. Play their role yeah. of uh, ensuring that there's more reach, uh, and you know, the people, the society automatically starts getting interested in that, in uh, then they're seeing the potential that uh, mm. sports has. You know? So this is this is a nice time to be. Uh, you know, it's an, it's a, this is a nice moment even for 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 sports in India. Yeah. Um, okay. The so second thing I would like to just mention here is um, uh, which was a success factor is uh, was to identify talent, essentially to catch these athletes young. Mm. Um, talent scouting at a young age has actually helped many female athletes from uh, uh, c- countries like uh, Australia and China dominate the sports in the global stage mm. so just as a comparison right but so for us the talent sp- uh, sporting uh, and the grassroots, the different initiatives that have happened at the grassroot level has been uh, kind of critical and has sort of paid off so if you look at uh, Anahat uh, Singh, who's just 15, but he uh, has got two bronze medals in squash. Uh, Aditi Swami, uh, who, who's 17 years old, and has won uh, the gold in the archery. Mm. And we have Isha Singh, uh, who's won four medals. Uh, she's just 18 years old, and uh, four medals. Um, you know, basically one gold and three silvers in shooting. Mm. So uh, this would not have been possible had had uh, the uh, had we not had uh, you know programs in place which identify talent young. And this could be in the remotest parts of India. Mm. And that was very heartwarming to see. Uh, many of the athletes who have taken podium, uh, yeah. uh, you know uh, to the podium in this Asiad were from those sort of families. And uh, just to see that uh, the pride on the on their faces, you know when they had to step up to the on the onto the podium and to see the India flag going up. And I'm sure that they're the first generation yeah. uh, sports people in their families, Absolutely. and that will bring an immense change in the whole community and how they would recognize sports people, uh, the opportunities they see for uh, youngsters, whether it's uh, whether it's male or female, and. Uh, as a result, the community also kind of uh, will encourage uh, and, you know, promote sports right, within. So um, I think uh, these schemes, some of the schemes uh, that have uh, kind of helped um, and uh, yeah, I'll be mentioning that a little later, but that has uh, sort of, uh, we, we've seen the benefits of it you know, uh, in this Asia and also. The next reason I would like to highlight is the fact that, um, you know, we need to kind of back our, our women athletes. Okay, and, and, and there are many reasons for this because uh, getting families to let their girls take up sports, even wear sports gear. Or leave home uh, to train at at the district or state's uh, level, right? And because the safety factor comes in, all these things, right? We need to kind of remove these hurdles so that all genders can then start participating, uh, you know, in sports, you know, in a healthy and a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, just to give some statistics, all out of the 107 medals that India won, 46 went to the to in, the Indian women, mm-hmm. and there were eight also who were won in the mixed team uh, events category. But so totally 54 medals. If you see, is the contribution and and uh, this is sort of um, it pays off, you know, in the long run because mm. then we have more uh, athletes participating. Uh, we have a, a safer and a healthier environment once we create that from the ground up, um, and we'll definitely see a big spike in the numbers for sure. Yeah. You know? In fact, if you look at even um, uh, the Olympic medals that were won by Indian uh, women. Uh, for the first time when, when maleshwari won, it, won the bronze at the 2000 sydney olympics in weightlifting and since then there's been you no know, looking back mary and uh, sina neval uh, won in the london 2012 pv sindhu and sakshi malik are some household names now who, who won at the olympics in the, the in the rio olympics in 2016 and so you know uh, now we have pv sindhu we have um, you know uh, uh, the boxers who are kind of also you know, um, making a mark. So I think once we have role models and and, and they are from, you know, let's say women who have done well, others too will then start to take to the sport, and I think that's very important.
2: Yeah, no, I'm actually absolutely agree. I think um, I think the the significance of you know having role models is underrated. Uh, especially in in, in, uh, in a game like sports. And I think this is going to massively uh, see an uptake in, you know, more, you know, know, girls, women um, participating in sport in in, in general. Uh, And yeah, I mean, it's always nice, um, you know, to see that, uh, you know, women's participation in sport can also lead to other you know sort of benefits for them uh, both in terms of status in terms of uh, uh, economic benefits so yeah it's net net is always going to you know uh, it's always going to be a, it's it's always going to be a good sign
0: so the, the fourth uh, reason i would like to just highlight is and and i'm sure uh, uh, it's 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 very evident when we have seen how our sports persons have been uh, taking to the field is the mental strength right or the mental because mental health is a very key factor so our athletes now are showing that fighting spirit right? they they no longer just participating in a sporting event they're going out there and they want to win mm-hmm. and you see the swag in their body language yeah. i mean you see you see that right when you see a neeraj chopra uh, give um, i mean a throw the, the javelin and he knows that's a winning throw yeah. right you you see that you see his body language so i think um, uh, it's it's important and it's, a, it's a very nice shift and this this has not just happened because uh, the 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 you know sports persons now are more motivated. It's happened because there's a huge support system behind yeah. it. They are coaches. They are uh, you know they are different sizes. Uh, you know I, I guess Carl, uh, you can share the numbers in case you have the data with you. But we have a whole support system who kind of ensure that these people are even mentally tough. We've seen that with cricket. Cricket, I think, over the last especially um, decade or so, has kind of seen a uh, huge jump in terms mm. of uh, you know the mental uh, toughness of our of our cricket yeah. players on the field. And now we're seeing this even in in the uh, playing out in athletics on, and in other uh, sports as well. And that's really a really a very encouraging factor. Yeah. Uh, but th- like I said, there's a there's a huge um, there's a support system behind that has mm. had made that happen. And uh, that's something that we need to ensure continues. And again, this comes because of funds and and other things. When uh, you have top mental health coaches who kind of can help uh, Mm. ensure that uh, that whether it's a team event or whether it's an individual event, that they're able to kind of get that mental strength uh, and it kicks in at the right time, at the right moment to uh, achieve what they want.
2: No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, um, I think the exposure and the access to some of these facilities... Uh, is what has always been missing, right? And uh, it's great too and it's heartwarming to know that uh, we do take uh, something like mental health in sport very seriously. Uh, yeah. And hence, you know, why we've spent almost three crows, uh, as I had mentioned earlier, with the archery team to get them in top condition, um, you know, ready for uh, the games and the results are there to see for, for all of us. Um, so, I mean, uh, I think the, the baseline really is how can we provide access uh, to these facilities, to our sportspersons. and uh, yeah, and, and I do hope you know there's still uh, investment that's given uh, to this area, very important area uh, that that you highlighted. So
0: yeah, and uh, the last one that I'd like to mention again, I'm mentioning uh, these government schemes, but it, it doesn't mean that this is the be all and end all, uh, and uh, the um, you know the success factor moving forward. And there are other areas which which where we mm-hmm. need to kind of have proper policies in place. Uh, and I'll, I'll just maybe touch upon that a little later. But the, currently, the, the schemes that have really helped uh, and w- why we've seen the success that we have, we have seen in this Asia is also because of the, the t- uh, TOPS, that is a, the target Olympic podium scheme yeah. that I just mentioned a little earlier. This was started by uh, the government of India back in 2014. And the overall objective of this was to identify and support potential medal prospects for the Olympics and the Paralympics. So that was the objective. And under the scheme, uh, there's a committee, uh, essentially, that is constituted to identify athletes who have the potential to win an Olympic medal for the country. Um, And um, those athletes are then kind of supported to the fullest extent. Mm. Um, In fact, um, if we look at uh, what the scheme has done, I'll just give you a few numbers. Um, the TOPS has accommodated now the scheme which initially was accommodating 75 athletes mm. now has accommodating 285. So this is for the development uh, and there's it a development in core group and uh, the, the idea is that we kind of extend this. And so mm. you'll notice that there are a lot of not just, uh, you know, bouquets in terms of appreciation mm-hmm. that comes from different people but there's also yeah. a lot of um, monetary rewards that these athletes are getting when they win.
2: What's the duration uh, for an athlete who's, who's part of the a top scheme for instance
0: so there's there's no duration as such so you're looking at let's say the next Olympics right you're planning for the next Olympics or you're planning for any other major event hmm. at the Asia so uh, when that happens there's, there's a lot of uh, there's many years of planning to, to develop an individual whom you see potential for and so when you catch them young Let's say you're bringing in a 13-year-old. In fact, uh, in this uh, she had, uh just to her highlight. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, there was a swimmer, a 13-year-old, uh, who is, is the current 200-meter freestyle swimming national champion. Now, though uh, she didn't make it to the finals uh, in the, in, you know, obviously in a pool full of Chinese and Japanese swimmers, mm. just that exposure and that uh, experience, right, will put her in good stead for the next major event. So, uh, you know, ensuring that these people are part of this, uh, the the scheme was important because then they have the support, uh, the monetary support and and all the other uh, support they need in terms Mm -hmm. of coaches, um, uh, you know, to kind of develop and and, uh, ensure that the potential, uh, that the potential uh, is being you know, fulfilled. Okay, so uh, the other scheme that has really helped is the uh, Kalo India program. Mm. Okay, now the Kalo India program has three different. It has the Kalo India Youth Games that are conducted regularly all over India. It has the uh, Kalo School Games mm. again, uh, at, uh, identifying. It, it helps to kind of do the, to identify talent young. And the Kalo India University Games. Now this you've noticed over the last uh, many years, right? It's become a regular. You start seeing this Kalo India University Games or Kalo India School Games happening. And that's because it was introduced back in 2017. And this, uh, if we continue with this trend, uh, we will be able to identify, you know, talent young and then see who have the potential. And then they can start growing up the the ladder in terms of on the sports side. Uh, so these are the top five. Uh, suspending, that's the funding, very important. Second is to identify talent and catch them young. So the third would be to, to back a woman and mm-hmm. ensure that the women athletes also are able to you know, empower them. Uh, the fourth would be the mental health uh, to uh, uh, that was another factor which kind of helped is the difference between uh, a medal and uh, and you know being a, uh, out of the, the top three yeah. and the fourth is this: the schemes that we've had so these five I would think are the ones that have really helped uh, for us to achieve the numbers we did.
2: no yeah I mean uh, I think this is helpful I mean uh, we'd like you know, listeners to tell us if there are other success factors so maybe uh, you can share your thoughts uh, wherever you listen to uh, this podcast on um, so yeah with that uh, I think um, this was Just one of many conversations I'm sure that we'll be having uh, over the course of the next uh, few weeks, Malti. So, uh, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Um, We will be back with more episodes. where We specifically look at uh, how sports policy uh, and uh, initiatives are evolving uh, here in India. So, thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. Take care.
1: Thanks, Kurt. Bye-bye. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM Network. You can tune into them on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in. Hey, hey, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On All Things Policy, Ananya Desai and Rohan Pai discuss recurrent bans on fireworks during festive seasons in India and discuss possible solutions to tackle India's air pollution problem. On The Habit Coach Podcast, Ashton Doctor welcomes Sahil Mehta, an esteemed mountaineer and author of the book Break Free. Sahil shares a transformative experience which became the catalyst for embracing discipline and fulfillment. The episode explores the profound impact of vulnerability on personal growth. Folks, if you like our shows, do spread the word. Tell your friends and don't forget to rate and review them wherever you're listening to them. Follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You'll also find all our shows on YouTube at youtube.com slash IVM Podcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Omedia Network India, Abbott, IDFC First Bank and Save Life Foundation. Thank you for making this possible.